Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, I am broadcasting today live from a very special place. Uh, I am in Camp Barakal, which is in the the far reaches of northern Michigan. We're right on the edge of the Huron National Forest up here, and I'm in a uh, in a conference room uh, with my studio resting on a on a desk on a table made of like like a tree. So they just like cut a tree in half and like put some chairs around it, and that's that's what I'm working with, man. It's rustic. Did they make their own chairs way. too? What's that? Did they make their own chairs too? No, no, I don't think so. I think these okay. are pretty standard like gotcha. office chairs. But uh, the whole thing smells piney. Like I'm smelling a lot of a lot of pine up here, and and I gotta tell you, boys, I love it. I love this gig. I've done it twice. So this is my second summer up here at Camp Barakal. So this is a Christian camp. Um, they have grade school, middle school, high school camps. They do family camps. Um, they do like father-son retreats and uh, really things all around the, the calendar year. But uh, I speak at high school camps, so this is my second go around doing it. And uh, I have to tell you, man, I don't, I don't know what your camp experiences were like as a kid, but church camp for me as a kid was always like a lot of kind of standard camp activities with some pretty bad theology thrown in. And um, this well, you, camp is... you clearly didn't grow up at Bethlehem Baptist Church. No, I didn't. It was man. the opposite for Pipe. Yeah, we, it was, our, ours is killer, killer theology and like no fun. Killer theology and no fun. No, well, this camp, true. man, had, I have to tell fun. you, I have to tell you, this camp blends perfectly fun and killer theology in that um, they are committed to, to good teaching, robust theology, they relaxed the good teaching a little bit in order to hire me. They must have had some cancellations, but uh, but I'm having a blast up here, man. And and I have to tell you the what, what's Paul's title? Camp director. I almost said headmaster, like it was like a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> the headmaster of the camp. He, he walks uh, around and, and divvies up corporal punishment to mis, misbehaving <laughs> exactly. campers. No, the camp director here is Paul Gardner, and he's ageless. Like he never ages. So that's a fascinating thing about Paul. But another fascinating thing about Paul is just that he's the the most kind, gentle, warm, like even keeled dude I think I've ever seen. So I'm learning at his feet this week. I want to be more like him. Do you think so that's it's a new the man to, Is that the key to being ageless, being all of those things? Dude, it must be because I'm none of those things and I'm aging like there's no tomorrow. So <laughs> I feel like I'm 85. But, uh, but this is good. I'm learning. So Paul may have... He may have reached a man crush echelon with Chris Hemsworth and Brad Pitt. So it's a trifecta right now. That, Chris that's, I mean, I feel like those are just sort of categorically different crushes. Quite. Dude, they are. They're, they're very categorically different. But I feel like I'm a more well-rounded person now because of it. So Is it like uh, date, feel, date Chris, Mary Paul? Is it sort of that, that kind of crush? Oh, yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. That's a game we can't play on the air, though. <laughs> Fair Fun enough. as that would be, Pipe. So listen, I want to give people a URL. I want them to go to campbaracal.org. I want them to get more information about this camp. Uh, I'm really hopeful that they ask me up here again uh, because I've had an amazing time. My kids have had an amazing time. So my son is 15. Um, he's kind of doing things with the uh, with the students at the camp. He's loving it. So Camp Baracal, it's B-A-R-A-K-E-L dot O-R-G. So campbaracal.org. Check it out. These are amazing people. They love the Lord. Uh, they're great at camp ministry. Nothing is fake. Nothing contrived. No sort of, you know, cheesy altar call moments. It's just real, authentic Bible teaching and, and good times uh, at camp and good relationships. So I can't say enough about this pipe. 
and uh, happy to have them on board as our sponsors this week. But speaking of travel, um, a strange thing happened in that our boy Big R has been home for a couple of weeks. Uh, Big R, what has that felt like? Well, you know, here's the deal, boys. Um, I wasn't home last week. I was in Florida all week. And then I got back this week, and then you guys are out of town. So I didn't really know what to do with that. It was something I was trying to deal with internally, and it was a struggle for me. It was hard. Maybe what was in Florida? Was this more sojourn pampering? Was this was this another, like, high-level meeting with the – the, the kind of flannel and skinnies crowd down there or what? What are we looking Baby, at? Baby, no, this was a this was a low-level substance elders planning retreat. Oh, wow. Baby, this, the budget at substance must be booming. I, I want to get a look at your books. This is amazing. It's, it's not booming, man. I, they pay me 12K a year because we go on about nine retreats. Yeah, so, I, I can see that. That's, I feel that's like, 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 a, that's like a grand a week. That's not that bad. <laughs> Dude, when our guys go on a retreat, they go to like IHOP, you know, and <laughs> you guys are just – just winging away down to Florida. Pipe, where do you think Big R's lifestyle compares with Creflo Dollar? Do you think they're they're like in the same echelon, like sort of trading private plane kind of war stories? Are we there yet? No, I, I feel like – I mean Creflo is, is – I mean he's the one who was raising $53 million to get his own jet. And mm-hmm. I have yet that to hear – That half of Ron's travel budget for the year. <laughs> Think about that. Fair enough. Although I will – okay, fine. I'll just commend Ronnie for not using the podcast to fund his plane. Um, that hasn't happened yet as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to save all my dollars from the uh, from our podcast fortunes. Yeah, yeah I, so. I feel like – I do feel like uh, – I'm trying to think what would, be a, what would be a comparable one. I feel like Ronnie is kind of like he used to be, which is like mm-hmm. a – he is an indie band – who has mm-hmm. a huge following in like Europe, which means he's constantly traveling, going to cool places, but but not drawing like stadium level crowds. And that, that's also something Ronnie may actually have familiarity with from a previous life. But the, he's that kind of traveler. So yeah, I just don't know whether to be offended now or not. I, I don't know where it's to, just an observation that was not intended as an insult. <laughs> if I had so intended to insult is, you, I would have I would have <laughs> tried. Yeah, tell, tell us what he's saying, Big T. What he's saying, Big R. Let me paint a picture for the audience. So you and your Nine elders? Judas, how big is this no, no, church now? Three. 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 The, okay. the church is 14 people. Nine of them are Four elders. Four including the me. The church is 14 people. Nine of them are elders. And the, the rest are children. 14 are elders. Yeah. So you and these three elders, you much like in the, in the touring musician days, you pile into a van and you road trip like 15 hours from Ashland, Ohio, down to, down to the panhandle of Florida. Is this what we're looking at? Baby, we fly. We do not drive. <laughs> Let's not ridiculous. What are we animals? What are we savages? Exactly. Come on. I don't have that kind of time. Baby, one more quick travel item. I heard Big M was in Aruba for a week and a half. Yeah, Big M was in Aruba's. So uh, I, I get back from Florida and, and Big M is gone for a week. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm batching it out like a the jet setting family. Oh, amazing. I know. Two ships passing in the night. That's what the two of you are. <laughs> That's what we yeah. were. That's literally what it was, man. Mm. What does bachelor life look like for you, Big R? What what is life looking like there? Uh, man, it's uh, you know I'm I'm eating well, I'm living well. It's just uh, it's a nonstop party for me. I mean, a lot I, of sports I, movies in the evening, a lot of, a lot of sports, sports movies. Sunday, people are coming over. The whole thing. I mean, the, the Martin Ma- Martin Manor is just alive and kicking, man. Dude, you know what it's like? It's like that party scene in Any Given Sunday where Steve and Willie Beeman goes to hundred percent. Yeah, minus that, all the I stuff that, that can get me fired and disqualified. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's amazing, it's, boys. It's, enough. Of- it's an important day not to get disqualified, Ron, because I feel like maybe coming up soon you have a significant uh, milestone in your oh, ministerial life. That's right, Piper. It's breaking news on the show. 
We haven't done our break. Tell us about that, Ron. I want to hear the song first, Big T. Okay, hang on. Let me uh, let me dial it up here. Can you cue that up? The breaking news song. Here we go. You ready? We have a little breaking news, and the breaking news is that our boy, Big R, Ron Martin, is about to become a reverend. So I guess I thought you were already a reverend. So Big R, talk us through that that project and how that works. Is this like additional credits, like in addition to pastor, or what are we looking at here? Dude, yeah, this is like this is like the denom, right? So I had to, you have to get licensed. That that happened two years ago. I had to write a twenty-page paper, sit before a council for two hours, oh, twenty, and then yeah, and then uh, then you have to wait two years. Then you got to write a forty-page paper. And then you got to sit in front of a council, which I'm doing tomorrow, for five hours. Did you just hand um, in your half of the Bridezilla of Christ and be like, that's about 40 pages? Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, just, I just wrote a couple of paragraphs on our podcast, sent it to them. They said, great. Yeah, and, and they're uh, like, this book, I didn't know this existed. Now, the, the real question is, do you get to get on an airplane for this? Will no, I don't. We're going to do it. We're doing it in substance. We're doing it oh, in my place. So, yeah, I don't have to do anything. And uh, after that... Um, you know, I'll be like credentialed with the Denom mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll have Rev in my official title. And, if and I you will have that. earned another sabbatical. That will be fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Monday I'm heading out. Yeah. This has been a lot. Yeah. The sabbatical clock can start ticking with that Denom now, too. So that'll that'll be good, man. Well, so you're you know, doing I'm this on your... a couple of guys that have never written 40 pages on anything. So how do you're, you guys even know what I'm talking about? Right? You're doing now? this on your home turf tomorrow, which actually feels foreign. So it would it be does. <laughs> it's like I've never been there except for last Sunday, but I wasn't there last Sunday. So the Sunday before I they should do this at, a, at like a gate at the uh, Columbus airport. <laughs> then it would feel that would be your home turf. <laughs> I have sort of a I have sort of a philosophical question about ordination. Um, in what way does a 40 page paper correspond to the average work of a pastor? Because those those don't seem related terribly closely to me. It's just so that they know, and if they haven't known it by now, they're in trouble. That like you know, my theology they can recommend me theologically to any you know to this to the world. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, but it's like I've already been you know I've been part of this denom now for a long time. I'm, I've been preaching for a long time. So it's like. Uh, brothers, if you're not good with it now, I don't know how this is going to change any of that. That's you true. Yeah. Piper, 38 pages of it is going to be just travel receipts, though. <laughs> There's actually only two original pages. Yeah. yeah, the question was, like, who is God and when did you accept Jesus in your heart? And because they haven't read the J.D. Greer book. So, and, uh, you know, I just uh, you and know, then the rest is yeah, the rest is Jama Juice uh, receipts. Yeah, exactly. Reimbursement two for Jamba Juice. For my next two books I'm doing and just see what they think. Quinoa stands. <laughs> Boys, we have, uh, believe it or not, we have a lot of serious business to get to on the program today, including uh, the business of deconstructing the phenomenon that is Mr. Rogers. So I am not on social media as much as you gentlemen are, but um, one thing that I've gathered from even just interaction in real life, which is a, is a crazy thing to do, is that people are um, beside themselves over Mr. Rogers. There's been like a flush of nostalgia for this person uh, based on a movie that a friend of mine distributed. So uh, tip of the cap to um, to his company, and uh, which I don't remember the name of, which is Bad Radio. But, um, but they, didn't, but but they didn't sponsor us, so who cares? Yeah, they didn't sponsor us. They're nothing to us. Camp Barakal distributed the movie. How about that? We'll go with it. Um, 
what do you guys make of this? What do you guys make of this Mr. Rogers fascination? And I, I can tell you that I did grow up watching the show. Like I grew up, I have, I have vague recollections of like Cardigans and Chuck Taylors, even though he wasn't a hipster. So this is confusing to me. So I feel like Cardi's and Chuck Taylors, that has a much different connotation now. So Big R, um, as our resident man of the cloth and hipster, speak to the Mr. Rogers craze for a minute, if you would. Dude, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like it's um, like I'm like you. I, I don't really remember watching it other than knowing about it. And, you know, like like vaguely, you know, seeing him like, you know, in his living room doing his thing with that voice, wearing the Cardi and the Chucks and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of proto hipster. Proto hipster. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It, to me, it's one of those, th- you know, I guess he was, uh, you know, I guess he was like, you know, uh, let me just use the word now because I can. I guess he was an ordained minister mm-hmm. with the Presbyterian Church or something or something like, like that. Like you, after tomorrow. What's that? Like you, after tomorrow. I mean, not you like me after that. tomorrow minus the Presby thing. Was it Presby pipe? I think he was Lutheran, but I'm not sure. Lutheran, sorry, same thing. And then, um, so the... Uh, so, but there's, but man, there's just this weird thing where, like, I'm sure the documentary is awesome, but I'm just sort of always fascinated how, because there's sort of a an inkling and a sprinkling of like, I don't know, Christianity or something related to to Mister Rogers that, for some reason, uh, you know, evangelicalism just really dives on it and they're fascinated by it and they love it and they're crying about it and they're going gaga over it. And so, I, I mean, it, it, I, I shouldn't really say anything until I've seen it. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I just get, man, if you go on social media, everybody's like, this is the greatest thing of the year. And I, I'm just, I guess I'm, I'm skeptical. Dude, let me, let me ask, let me ask this as a sub question to both of you. Um, so this is a documentary. It's, it's obviously like tugging at people's heartstrings. Yeah. What was the last documentary that, that like moved you to tears? Because I can tell you, I watched the Andre the Giant doc on HBO and I had a big like pro wrestling thing when I was a kid and like, dude, that one, like that one did it for me. I cried. I teared up a little bit of the Andre the Giant mm. documentary. So I have not seen Mr. Rogers. I can't imagine it measuring up to one of my wrestling heroes from childhood. But um, what was the last doc you like got emotional over? Dude, um, I don't think I've, I've ever gotten emotional over a documentary. I just don't watch docs typically. So yeah, I'm, I'm the you don't watch docs, Big R? No, I don't, man. I it, I like them, but I never. I actually dig them, you know. But I never. I, I don't. I'm never. I never really. Yeah, I just never really watch them. I'm, you know. How do you, how do you watch? You know. How do, how do you have time to watch Docs in a, you know, on the tarmac? You know. Yeah. How do you watch Docs on the tarmac? There you there you go. I mean, and that's are, the name of my next doc that I'm currently working on. Docs it's on the name the of our next book with with Crossway. How do you watch? Docs how do you watch Docs on the tarmac? <laughs> Get JT on that ASAP. <laughs> Pipe, what do you uh, what do you make of this Mr. Rogers phenomenon? Um, well, first of all, I, I fact checked myself, and he was Presbyterian. Ronnie was right, so good job, Ronnie. Oh, dude. Um, I also I fact checked one other thing. It wasn't uh, he was not so cool as to wear Chuck Taylors. They look more like Vans. Um, oh yeah. So they were they were a little bit more like deck shoe type of sneakers as opposed to the Chuck Taylors. So that's an important detail as well. But he looked totally modern. Like for right now, dude, he looked like totally today. He oh yeah, totally modern. Yeah, absolutely. If you dropped him in right Portland now. today, yeah. he would blend right in is what we're saying. Right. It'd be like, oh, look, it's the lead singer from Modest Mouse. Oh, no, that's Mr. Yeah, exactly. It's Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Oh, wait, it's, <laughs> you know, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Dude. 
crazy. That's, that's yes, that's a that's a good comparison. It's Barney um, Fife. Oh, yeah. oh, it is Barney Fife. Ooh, yeah, it is he Barney. Just like I was Buddy looking Holly. at Barney Fife, not Mr. Rogers. Um, okay. Dude, somebody should do that artwork. Photoshop Mr. Rogers' face onto like Rivers Cuomo's body and see if it works. It's no different. It's yeah, you it's wouldn't. No yeah. yeah. I, I don't get the phenomenon in part because I never and this is I, we're, we're probably going to lose listeners over this, guys. So my apologies in advance. But I never really liked the Mr. Rogers show in the first place, even as a now, kid. That's fascinating to me, Piper. What didn't you like about it? And then I want you to talk about what you did like as a kid. I just it was. I just thought he was boring. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he totally it, was. It, it, I don't know a better way to put it. Like he was just, he was just boring. And he when he was like, "Oh, we're gonna go to imaginary land." I'm like, "This whole thing is imaginary. <laughs> none of this true. is it's actually happening. Like, These aren't your really real neighbors." Yeah. Wait, that wasn't real. <laughs> so and and then there was like puppets and stuff, and I was just like, "What is going on? This is I don't know. I never got it. I, I, I liked just sort of your classic cartoons and things like that. I it, that show just never did it for me. So people's nostalgia over like I understand nostalgia over things that are formative from a from a childhood perspective. That makes sense to me. Um, but what? But the like the rising to the level of. Art, like reviews on the gospel coalition and it being like critically acclaimed. Like I didn't know that he was so culturally formative or maybe he wasn't. And people are just grasping at anything. That's n- I think it's, here's what I think it is. I think people are grasping at anything. That's nice uh, yeah. because, because er, nothing else, nothing else being created today is nice. Anymore. Everything yeah, is but mean wasn't and angry. He, like, he was like an American staple. I, I think that's what it was because it, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was doing something necessarily like innovative or some, but it was like, I think it was just something that like stood the test of time. I, I don't, let me ask you this though, pipe. And I want to, I want to, I want to hear from you, big T on this, yeah. like whenever, and I don't know, maybe it's my age, but I, but I don't think so because whenever it was like, you know, a Tuesday morning during the summer and I had nothing to do, but watch like leave it to beaver flipper and maybe some cartoons mm-hmm. like whenever and those were reruns, by the way. But whenever Mr. Rogers came on, I always thought – very young. Very yeah, young. Yeah, dude, I always thought it was for like younger kids and I was a young kid. So even as a young kid, I'm thinking, oh, well, dude, this is like for three-year-olds or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think – yeah, exactly. When I was – yeah, I would have been like six or five and I was like, this is for toddlers. Right. And because and even the way he talked, I think this is going to – I mean blanket apology for all of my negative opinions. The way that he talked sounded like baby talk to me. Interesting. That, and and so it, it never resonated with me. I was always just like, this is – I don't – what is going on here? I, you felt like he was talking down to you, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I do not like it when people talk down to me. Nobody talks very, down to me. I get very – I'm going to do a doc called Mr. Rogers, Stop Talking Down to Me. That's right. I'm better than that. That's what we'll call right. that one. That's right. Boys, I'm going to defend it though because I think Mr. Rogers – Piper, I liken it to watching baseball in the summer. Okay. So. I like to watch baseball because baseball is pleasant. Um, it's a pleasant sport where, like, nothing really crazy happens. You know, it's not That's violent. true. Even, like, base-clearing brawls are really just, like, they're like cocktail hours in the middle of a diamond where people mingle around and a couple people are Dude, having yeah, an argument guys, and other, like, other people are kind of awkwardly standing off to the side. Dude, they're just standing off to the side. They're raising their voices at one another from across the room. That's it. That's what a baseball fight amounts to. So and Mr. Rogers is like a baseball fight. Mr. Rogers is pleasant like baseball is what I'm saying in that he he would go inside his house. He would like take his shoes off and uh, and feed his fish. And he was just doing pleasant things. Um, it's, it's why I liked the show Cheers. 
Cheers was just a pleasant place. And they wouldn't even have had to have had the storylines for me. I just enjoyed watching people like have a pleasant moment. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so, that, so Cheers is like grown up Mr. Rogers. Cheers is grown up Mr. Rogers is what I'm saying. But dude, you know what though? I'm like, I'm not, offend- I'm not offended that, I just don't care. I'm not offended that everybody's going gaga over Rogers. You know, here's what it is. I just, I just feel like I could see this one coming miles away. It's like, oh, this Mr. Rogers doc is coming. Guess what? All of a sudden, you're going to get all these people that are going to be like saying it's, you know, it's critically acclaimed and it's life changing and it's heartstring tugging, which it probably is actually. But, um, but you know what I mean? Just like, like, like you can almost like, you can almost like kind of make a prediction on the things they're going to watch by it. You're going to great, yeah, pretty much. And this one just kind of felt like that to me, and um, and and it kind of has it kind of reeks of that. There's irony, right? It's so it's so uncool. It's cool. So like because we're still in that particular era, this is this totally fits with that whole you know kind of thing. But interesting. I yeah, I I think it's I think it's interesting. I mean, and maybe this is inevitable when somebody passes away, but mm-hmm. when somebody dies, somebody famous, we find out. That he, that's this person, he or she, has completely uh, shaped someone's life, even though they have literally not mentioned them in three decades. <laughs> yeah, it was the same was true when like when when Prince died. Like I haven't his, thought about this person in three decades. I haven't listened to a Prince song. In I three. don't know, man. Prince just had a little life. bit more of a cultural impact well, than Mr. Rogers. Uh, maybe. Maybe I I don't know I just I just it, dude I bet more people I bet more human beings laid eyes on Mr. Rogers than laid eyes on Prince. Oh, that's well, that maybe I feel like that's an absolute certainty. He was on TV yeah. for decades, decades. On, on like prime time or not prime time, but like the the prime networks and mm-hmm. just, just iconic in different ways. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean yeah. I, I'm not comparing the two as people. I'm comparing the responses to their death where people yeah. who like go through life listening to Death Cab for Cutie all of a sudden. Uh, Prince dies, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, his music is amazing!" And I'm like, "You've never listened to Prince, you know." But it's the same people that are going gaga over Rogers right now. That's that's what I'm saying. Mr. Rogers has has expanded in well into the evangelical sphere, though, because I think because he was one of like four TV shows that Christian kids were allowed to watch because he was a nice man. Yeah, he was safe for sure. That and Prince videos—they were both kind of androgynous. They were both safe. Did you say they were both kind of androgynous? Yeah, they weren't, though. Mr. Rogers wasn't, though, for the record. I was just making a joke. Yeah, HBO, Prince, Mr. Rogers, and Madonna. Those are the four things Christians could watch. And MTV. <laughs> Don't forget MTV. That's five. Now we're up to five. Five, uh, you weren't allowed to watch MTV. No, well, in that, case, we, in that case, we have to drop HBO because it was clearly MTV over HBO. HBO was – that might have been pushing the envelope a little too far. Dude, remember when MTV was supposed to be like the end of like morality and society, and, and it's completely gone now? Like MTV doesn't so, even register. So is morality and society, Ted. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. So it did. I guess it worked. It worked, dude. It, it, yeah. It, just, it was. It, it was just so, answered his own question. Yeah. I guess it, was, it worked. It, was sort it just of went a, away. It was sort of a. Su- it was sort of a suicide. Uh, like a suicide, a suicide bombing suicide of morality. Mission. Yeah. It just so like, morality went away, and it was because of MTV. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is a good setup for the next topic because um, MTV is something that my parents' generation was very outraged about. And uh, I wasn't allowed to watch it, and for good reason probably. But uh, Big R, you texted something about. Um, I'm just going to read the. I'm going to read the text, okay? And, and we can vamp about this. So this is this is the words of Reverend Ron Martin speaking in uh, faith that he will be a reverend. Yeah, I'm not faith. quite yet. I'm not quite Reverend yet. No. Piper, that's one of those just flaccid promises that I make. You know, <laughs> we don't know. 
it's true. I don't know. It's just, gonna... Yep, just, just lying I don't know there. What's gonna happen. We walk by faith and not by sight, gentlemen. All right, here, here's the text. This is Big R. I feel like there's this constant shock and outrage on Twitter from people who, quote, just can't believe how angry everyone gets over everyone's tweets. It's like saying you're shocked that humans are being humans. Unpack that, Big R. Teach us. I mean, it feels already unpacked. But, um, okay, so there's like this thing now to where you'll get like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention names, man. But you'll get like a B, maybe even, maybe even an A-lister, you know, from our camp. Uh-huh. And they'll, you know, they'll kind of tweet something out or they'll comment on something. And before they know it, you know, they got 91 responses where, you know, half the people are just like mad and they're just they're throwing things. And it's like, yeah, OK, like I get that. But then there's always this follow up tweet, it seems like by, you know, said A or B or C lister that just says, you know, it's just so sad to me that we can't even have civil discourse. Like like as if before he tweeted that he thought that there was going to be some level of civil discourse about yeah, the right. like, it was like this is going to be the one, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just so ba- it's so baffling to me that it's almost like it's like the thing talking about the thing talking about the thing. So is know? it is so is it feels like it's one of two things. Either it's complete lack of awareness of reality that they are they're just they're not aware that people on Twitter are angry, even though it seems relatively obvious. Uh, or it's extreme ego thinking this controversial statement will be responded to with grace and nuance and a listening ear by angry Twitter because dude, it's special. But, which which is it? Is it ego or lack of awareness? Or oh, uh, dude, I both? think it's totally. I think it's ego. I think it's actually the. I think it's revel. I think they actually like the negative responses because you know bad press is good press. Any press is good press, and I think they just. I think they're kind of reveling in it. But, you know, to show the outrage behind it is just kind of puts them – I think they're, that's how they're dealing with their guilt, that they may have said something that made somebody mad. That's my take on it. Dude, going to Twitter expecting civil discourse <laughs> is like – it's like going to a Little League game and getting mad that the pitcher isn't throwing 95 miles an hour. Well, that's It's like going to a Little League game you know? thinking that the dads aren't going to be angry by hour three. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Twitter is the new Little League dad, so that that's a pretty that's a pretty apt comparison. So yeah. why is everybody still doing it, man? If this is if this is the case and everybody's all you know, well, here's the thing. I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine to throw out stuff that's controversial on Twitter. I'd quite enjoy doing it. I just I don't expect positive responses. Right. right. Like it. It's a matter of expectations. If you if. I also don't think of myself as a victim when people get mad at me. That's the part that gets me when people are like, oh, I'm so offended that you were angry at my, you know, subversive, controversial comment. Well, well, how can you be offended? Did, did You had to know it was coming. And so yeah. it's just it, if you just expect people to be jerks, then you're not really surprised when they are. Well, I mean, if yeah. you're if you're like on a forum where you get to express your opinion, I, I mean, isn't it? You know, I mean, for somebody to express their opinion about your opinion, I mean, how do we not have that expectation regardless of what the expression is? You know, it doesn't make like it doesn't make any sense. That's why I think it's more it's actually people that actually love it, but they're just that's how they're dealing with it. Okay, so here's soon to be Reverend Ron. Do you Mm -hmm. think that this is more notable amongst pastors? Because in most cases, pastors get to stand protected behind a pulpit throw out their uh, favorite opinions or interpretations of things and not have negative feedback because you can't, like, tweet at someone during a sermon. And so, like, they're trying to treat Twitter like a congregation. Uh, 
And so, and so then the negative feedback, they're like, whoa, 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 I'm a spiritual authority. You can't do this. Because I feel like if you're a journalist and you tweet something controversial and people come back at you, like journalists handle this stuff really well. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think you're I think you're totally spot on. And this is what I would add to that, man. I think you're 100 percent on that. And the other thing is, is like we're in America, man. There's not a lot of persecution. And these are how people create modern complexes for themselves. It's like, <laughs> man, this is rough. <laughs> this is rough, man. People hate you know, my man, faith because I'm, I'm being standing, a jackass on Twitter. <laughs> I'm standing for the gospel right now. It's like, no, you said something that a lot of people don't agree with. And you're feeling like, you know, you're. You're getting your hits because of it. It's like you're you're not. You yeah, know, you're somebody good. being you're mad okay. at you for being a borderline tool uh, is not the same as being persecuted for the gospel. Exactly. Go to go to you know go to TGIF. Have like the you know have have the Friday special and just carry on. You're good. You know you're good. Ted, well, don't you go. don't you miss being on social media? Oh, I do, man. I, I miss maybe it. why don't you just get back after we're talking about it like this? I just can't believe you haven't jumped on. Boys, not a day goes by that I don't want to get that I don't want to jump right on social media the way we talk about it. You know, it just it sounds like an amazing place, you know, full of uh, full of insight and understanding. Um, you, I, know you know what, though? I, I appreciate that Pipe never di- I don't I never say anything really controversial because I don't dive into those waters. But Pipe, I appreciate, dude, that you that you uh, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't seem to care what kind of comments you get. I, I, I that's why we're friends. Well, I like that. Yeah. Why should I? Like, if a stranger gets mad at me for having an opinion, like, it's why should I lose an ounce of <clears throat> energy over that, or a moment of sleep, or like, it? I mean, it, I think I've been offended like three times at something somebody said to me on Twitter, and usually it's usually it's my fault because I let myself get dragged into something, and I just I don't understand the the remotest little bit of value in being offended but dude it's their right say. like you express an opinion they're allowed to express yeah. an opinion about your opinion it's the forum and i'm allowed, it's what you and I'm sign allowed up to for. mute them if they're annoying which exactly. i do all the time muting people is my favorite because then they if you block somebody they then have a martyr complex if you mute them they just keep screaming at you but really they're just screaming into the void and it's wonderful mm. yeah wow to get on Twitter, Big T. Yeah, yeah you, Did, didn't we sell you on it, Ted? Yeah, you've given me a lot to think about here, boys. This is um, this is good food for thought, fellas. I've got uh, just a couple of minutes because I have to get back and uh, and get dressed for my evening chapel. I'm actually I'm preaching in a kilt tonight. Really? Uh, yeah, preaching in a kilt. There's a there's a guy on campus. There's always and this is a bridge into our last topic. So we've got like two minutes, uh, just a couple of minutes for our last topic about speaking at youth conferences. But one of the things about youth conferences or retreats or camps like this, there's always like the one eccentric kid. And the one eccentric kid at this camp is like kilt guy. And <laughs> every evening chapel, he bring, he wears a kilt. And I talk to him and I'm like, I'm gonna have to borrow one of those and I'm gonna have to preach him one of those before it's all, before it's all said and done. So tonight uh, is kilt night for me. I'm gonna try to get uh, a photograph to you gentlemen of that so you can uh, you can do with that what you will but um but yeah it's on tonight so i got to do a little wardrobe you know it's not about a show it's not about 
you know, the glitz and the glamour, but I'm going to have to spend a little time in wardrobe tonight before I go on just getting the getting the killed situation completely. You know, I mean, just, did you find something that like you you have one that, that's like it, it fits? You're going to yeah, put it just, on? Yeah, he you're took gonna... one of their picnic tablecloths and wrapped it around his waist. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, boy. That's a, that's a low blow. Piper's. Piper's feisty today, <laughs> Big R. He's feisty. Yeah, he's uh, he he got some tweets. He was offended by. He's got some tweets. He's got to go write some angry tweets after this. But uh, go take some shots at Mister Rogers just to start. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. absolutely. Dead Mister Rogers. You know, it's that's not, the kind not, of guy Barnum's Nothing. Piper nothing is. like nothing like picking at a uh, nothing like picking at a deceased children's idol. A deceased children's <laughs> idol who was meek and mild and never did anything to you. But. Uh, <laughs> But no, he was the, a regular the, old shepherd, Mr. Rogers. He was a regular. The nice thing about the kilts is that they're a little bit adjustable size wise. So it's uh, not like, you know, it's not like you just get like a 36 or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, the kilt. Is that going to help your talk tonight? How do you think that's going to benefit your talk? Um, I think it's going to benefit my talk because everybody's. Yeah, you're going to feel free. It's comfortable. I'm going to feel free, but it's still kind of modest. You know, modest is hottest. I'm not, I'm not trying to like cause anyone to stumble here with my kilt. So, uh, I think it's going to be. I, a, I did have a question about that that modesty yeah. thing because I feel like every Christian camp I've ever been part of has sort of a loosely enforced uh, dress code. Yeah. Now, of course, usually it singles out females because the guys mm-hmm. are like you know whatever. Um, but uh, usually there's a there's like a length for for uh, shorts like they have to go you have to be a certain certain length above the knee. Or something mm-hmm. like that. How? Where does this kilt fall above the knee or below the knee? I don't know. Yeah, Pipe, that's a great question. The kilt, I feel like, is going to hit right about mid-knee. Mid-knee? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's acceptable because usually mm-hmm. they have like two to three inches above the knee. That's that's usually in the acceptable. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to I'm going to be right in in line with uh, with standards up here. So um, I feel good. I feel above reproach in in that regard <laughs> as it as it pertains to modesty. So that's good. Um, I'm just excited, man. To be honest, I'm excited to 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 get that kilt on and get it going. So, um, have, have you, you guys ever? Go ahead. I was gonna say, have you ever worn a kilt before? Never. This is a first time, man. First time kilt man. experience. Can can we get photographic evidence of this that can sure. be shared publicly when this episode absolutely. goes up? No, absolutely. All I right. feel like anything that anything that happens at this camp is fair game as it pertains to the show. So uh, so I'll I'll make sure you boys get a kilt photo. Absolutely. And, um, and, and you're able to do with that whatever whatever you'd like. So um, I'm going to post it and then people are going to reply with angry things and then you can be offended because it's, you know, it's really aimed at you. Yeah, I can be offended like from afar. Yeah. You know, you can just share the angry things. And I'll, right. and I'll get... I will text you all the angry tweets. It'll be several layers of, of angry technology will have to be employed to get me there. But uh, but I'll get there. So. Boys, real quick, any um, any any favorite like youth conference or youth camp experiences for the two of you? Just like maybe one per per person. Um, Pipe, did you go to a camp or was that sort of beneath um, theologically beneath kind of where where you were <laughs> growing up? I I mean, I went to I went to a couple camps like up through middle school that were more like classic summer camps, you know, where kids come from all over the state, kind of run by the denomination. So there's kids from all over the all over the mm-hmm. state. And one was called Trout Lake Camp. The other one was called Mink Lake Camp. That was like a uh, like a wilderness camp, so we stayed in military tents and lived Dude. outside. And I'm sure, I'm sure we smelled just ungodly awful because twelve oh, yeah. twelve year old boys in the summer without showers is a special experience. Yeah, it is. Um, my mm. favorite experiences were running camps, though. So in college, I I worked at three different ones put on by different churches. Um, mm-hmm. 
one as the program director, which was like the the games and activities guy. So I co yeah, that's that. big. That was wow. a lot of fun. It wasn't a huge camp, but I mean, so it wasn't like hundreds and hundreds of kids. But um, and then and then like running, running another one that that had two or three churches present with, you know, one or two other leaders. We sort of split up duties. And yeah, our goal was just to put together the nastiest games we could mm-hmm. um, and then create rules so that the students couldn't get any revenge on the leaders. So <laughs> we would like run them through an obstacle course that ended with people covered in just about every condiment that you can think of, you know, so mayonnaise, yeah, barbecue sauce, sauerkraut. They basically look like they've been puked all over. And then mm-hmm. we would throw flour on them and then make the rule that their team would lose the entire competition for the entire week if they so much as touched any of the leaders. <laughs> um, so basically being a tyrant, that was, that was my favorite, that was my mm, favorite kind of experience on the it's leadership good. side. Being a tyrant and then telling them about Jesus, you know, and no, we, we had a guest speaker. I, I just got to be the tyrant. <laughs> Nice, nice. Of course you had a guest speaker. You had Big T. The Big T equivalent. I wish we had had a kilted Big T. That would have, I think more kids would have gotten saved. That's true. Mm. I'm counting on that. You know, in in true, like, Arminian camp fashion, I'll I'll, I'll give you guys a report of how many kids get saved as a result of the kilt tonight. Yeah, and I think we've gotten your opinions on altar calls before. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe we need just a quick recap on Ted's Ted's thoughts on doing an altar call. Yeah, how are you going to do that tonight, baby? Lay that out for us. I botched an altar call at a uh, at a Southern Baptist like youth. Oh goodness, youth that's yeah. that that's like that's like cursing Mother Mary at a Catholic camp. No, it really is. I botched an altar call because I didn't do the usual like. There's a there's a whole cadence to it. There's a whole kind of. Um, you know, we talked about this on the show. There's, there's, there's kind of like copy that you're supposed to go through, but it's supposed to be memorized and yeah. you're kind of like a carnival barker slash like used car salesman. Every and you, every head bowed, every eye closed. Yeah, you, you start you're with kind that. of the business of like yep. cajoling people up onto the stage, and uh, I just kind of skipped that part, and they were they were really put out with me. So that was that was badly done on my part. So mm-hmm. yeah, yikes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you can redeem. You can redeem it tonight, baby. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. Can hope so. can you do it in the brogue of William Wallace? That's the question. No, I can't. I can't do an Irish brogue, man. So that was Scottish, yeah. but it's kind of the same thing. Scottish. Don't, Scottish don't tell the Irish people I said that. Oh yeah. my gosh. You get very angry. They they must be they must be like active tweeters. They're a very angry bunch. The happy racist. That's who we are. In the- <laughs> I can't be a part of this anymore, guys. I'm done. Rachel, the hell that are, are you Irish? I'm sorry. No, I'm yeah. not. Couldn't be less sorry. Irish. Sorry to everyone I've offended about everything. <laughs> uh, boys, I, I really do have to go though. I've got to. Uh, I've got to wrap this episode. But uh, in true happy rant fashion, we have uh, we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics. I feel like it had been a little while since we'd recorded, so mm-hmm. um, it was good to good to be back together doing radio with you boys. I always enjoy it. And uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. 
Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of Million Praying Moms, and I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's Word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's Word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.